welcome to the Rising Podcast. My name is Ruth Watkins. I'm the president of the University of Utah. The Rising Podcast gives listeners a chance to learn about the wonderful people that are helping the University of Utah achieve new heights. And it also gives us as a community a chance to talk about issues that are on people's minds on campus and in our broader community. Today, we're going to try something new. I'm turning my seat as host over to Marlon Lynch. Marlon is our new chief safety officer. It's a privilege to have him at the University of Utah campus, and I know you're going to enjoy hearing from him as guest host. Marlon has uh, some guests with him today, our new police chief, Rodney Chapman, and our 2020-2021 student body officers, two of the three, Ephraim Coombe, who's the student body president, and also our board of trustees representative from the student population, and Ayana Amici, who's the vice president for, I think, university relations. Is that right, Ayana? Good. So this is an opportunity for you to hear from these leaders on our campus, our top safety officers, and two of our three student leaders, uh, among many, the, the really the elected student leadership, about what's on their minds in terms of campus safety, police interactions, and our efforts to include racial equity in policing, and in most importantly, in campus safety overall. So with that, I welcome you to the Rising Podcast. I thank you for listening. And Marlon, I'm going to turn it to you. Thank you all so much. Uh, thank you, President Watkins, for allowing us to utilize uh, your, your forum today to have this very important topic uh, with two of our student leaders. I am Marlon Lynch, as President Watkins stated. I'm the Chief Safety Officer for the University of Utah. And I have been in this capacity since February of this year. 2020. So Chief Chapman and I arrived about the same time. And uh, speaking of Chief, you also joined the U in February, uh, about a month before we became impacted by the, uh, the pandemic for COVID-19, and even more recently, the protests that have been going on nationally. What has it been like to lead a university police department during this time? Well, honestly, it's pretty frustrating my view on policing involves really a heavy community engagement. I, I was looking so forward to coming here and immediately getting about the business of interacting with students as well as our faculty and staff. And as mentioned, as shortly after I got here, COVID, uh, students went on spring break and then uh, COVID hit. So it really uh, derailed some of those plans. So it's been frustrating in that regard. It's uh, the one positive in all of that is it gave us an opportunity to do some inward focusing on the way and manner in which we do business and um, doing some self-assessment on things that we believe uh, should change and, and be modified. But again, uh, with my approach to policing, uh, even that inward look, uh, we can't really implement all of those things without having student input first. Uh, that's a, a vital piece for me. So we have some uh, ideas of some things that we'd like to do, but uh, we would love, and I can't wait until the students come back to campus. Great. Uh, recently, on June 11th, uh, you and I have joined together to issue a statement. It briefly touched on our experiences as Black men who've dealt personally with injustice and being profiled, and yet we're both career law enforcement officers. I thought it'd be a good opportunity for you to share the impetus for that statement, and why did you feel it was important to take a visible stance on that particular issue? 
Great question. One thing that's unique is that we kind of live in both sides. We are, are Black men, and I don't know of any Black men or people of color in the United States that hasn't had experiences that we're seeing played out on the news in terms of how race has, how we've been subjected to uh, some bad incidences of racism and bias. And we know how that feels. We know of uh, the firsthand accounts of family members who have had those experiences. We are both fathers, so we've had those communications with our children. And again, with both sides is when you see what's being played out on the television and you see the real legitimate hurt that members of, of, of the community ha are experiencing who look like us, we can have some authenticity in talking with them because we understand that hurt and we can position ourselves. And I, I hate to think of it as sides, but uh, we can be a bridge between communicating to a profession that's predominantly uh, white cis male, what this herd is all about and, and give some authenticity to that conversation. And then we can also talk with the students who are experiencing hurt and other members of our community and give some authenticity to that as well because we've experienced it. Yeah, thank you. The, the statement also includes a call to action and you have already begun to make substantial changes in the University of Utah's police department. You mind sharing some of those changes that you're making? That will be, there's one I can share. I have some great ideas. Um, we've done some internal things and one, one of the, the more visible ones that folks will see or uh, I think will resonate with folks is that uh, as we bring police officers onto, into our department, I recognize that there's a distinct difference between municipal policing and campus policing. And uh, my view on campus policing encompasses so much more in terms of relatability and service and education and a, a lot of more hands-on in, in a supportive and structured way. And I, one of the more visible changes that we have is an extensive onboarding process for our police officers before they take the streets where we expose them to, or will expose them to, ASUU. We will expose them to the counseling center. We will expose them to the behavioral intervention team. Uh, we will expose them to our dean of diversity and inclusion. And a lot of the things that make our policing on the college campus uh, unique to municipal policing. That's one of the initiatives that we have. There are multiple other ones, but I can't roll those out just yet because I want to have student input and the analogy that I make with that is I, I make an analogy related to a steak dinner and that steak dinner is I can make the perfect steak uh, and present it to you. And if you're a vegan, I missed the mark. And so we have, you know, I have 30 years of experience and I have some ideas of what would be great for our community, but I don't want to miss the mark. And I, I think as we read the the headlines and we see what's taking place in our communities, I think it's pretty clear that the community is saying to law enforcement, we don't want policing done to us. We want policing in a collaborative and, and partnership uh, type of fashion. And so that's what we need to do here. And again, that's part of the frustration that I've had is that we, we have some 
great internal momentum. Uh, we recognize that uh, there, are, there are areas for improvement. I have my foot on the accelerator in wanting to uh, go in that direction, but I, I need to have student input. I want them to be a part of the process. Their perspective and their voice is vital to what we do and to what success could potentially look like. Thank you for that, Chief. Actually, that's a great segue to, to hear from our, our student leaders from ASUU, um, Ayana and Ephraim. I'll start with the question, but would love to have you then, you know, just chime in and have, so we can get this discussion going. I'd like to start with what are the actions that you are looking from Chief and I uh, for safety on our campus? I think I could take a, take a crack at it to, to start off. I think that speaking, I'll speak in broader terms. I think that, that it's a, an overall broad issue. I think that a lot of students, they, they want to feel like UUPD actually cares about them. And, you know, they want to feel like they can, they can be justified in having some, at least some type of hope, um, some fragment of trust in, in our on-campus um, police department. So you, you think about a lot of the how should how best should I put this? A lot of the the actions of of the past from UUPD and the ways that those have negatively affected students, you know, those aren't isolated events. You know, those are things that were a product of of a culture, and you know that culture is is essentially the thing that students have kind of lost a lot of hope in, and so I think that that for sure they they want to feel like they can have hope, at least a little bit of hope in what the culture is going to be and that you do actually, and showing that you do actually care. And then, you know, showing that, showing that evidence of, of those two things. Um, so I think also just being really transparent with students in, in the pursuit of showing them that you care and showing them that they can have some hope. I would agree too. I could almost add on a little bit. I think that the formula for coming to terms with the things that have happened in the past um, would have to just be transparency and, and inherently accountability. And so I know that there's been a lot of turnover. There have been a lot of changes, a lot of recommendations fulfilled, which on the outside is great, but on that inside, that, that relationship that needs to be mended, I think that it needs to come from a place of those two things um, reaching their full potential here. And there's definitely a lot of that. Um, I think that's apparent with our university especially, but also even more so with the, with the state of the world right now. Um, I think that that's just one of the biggest contributing factors, those two things together. Yeah. Thank, thank you for that. I, I know in, We've had very limited discussions in regards to that. And I know uh, in, in Chief's comments, it's, I definitely echo his feelings in regards to wanting to have students present to contribute to how we move forward with that. But it's obvious and evident that there are some things that can be done sooner rather than later. I don't think that we have to wait um, as intentionally as we did for, for hopes for spring semester, but there are some items that I, I know, know that, uh, Chief has initiated a couple in, in integrating some of the uh, promotions and uh, hiring that has taken place in UUPD by including students in those processes. With that, I know that also in our design plans for our new public safety building, 
that Ephraim has been able to contribute some of his ideas and bring forward some concerns of the students what they would like to see in that facility and accessibility for that as well. And that's just the beginning of it. And I know what we what you were, your comments were carrying, and those are emotional things. And what that has to come into play is time spent with you as well, right? And getting to know you and you the same for us. And part of what Chief talked about this morning in a, in a department-wide meeting was the sense of family and commitment. And he made reference that, you know, we are fathers and we have either children that have gone to college or some that are on their way to it. And I know what it's like to be in a position to have someone's parent come to me and say, I'm, I'm essentially leaving my child in your care for the next four to five years. That is not something that is going to be taken lightly here. And if that's not a top priority, there's no room for that type of mentality at all. Direct or specific questions that either you may have for us. Yes, actually I have one. There's been a lot of um, conversation uh, swirling around about divest, invest, and that's just been something that's a bit controversial um, among students, among student-based um, entities on campus. I'm just maybe hearing a little bit more about your thoughts on on how that would affect all of you, how you feel that this is functioning in respect to our campus community and maybe the world as well. Well, one of the things that I will say with that is I've heard those conversations obviously as well. What I haven't heard is exactly what that means. Uh, I don't have a really um, universal understanding of what that means. And so uh, consistent with everything that you're gonna hear from me is that, that voice and that perspective from our students and what you guys feel about that and, and how you think uh, that should be introduced to a discussion is what I would want to hear. I think all perspectives need to be acknowledged. All perspectives and recommendations. What we're seeing in our community right now is we're seeing a community that is saying, we've been screaming about this stuff for far too long and we wanna see change. We've been screaming about this far too long and we're not seeing uh, the manifestation that our voice is being heard. And so I, I think it's very critical that that be some of the first conversations that we have and to the points that you guys made about wanting to know that we care. I think that's the first step in letting you know that we care because we, we're going to welcome this perspective. We are going to acknowledge both um, how the policing profession has resulted in generational mistrust of the profession and how real that is. Uh, we have to start from a place where we acknowledge that first. Uh, we then have to drill down more locally to our campus and uh, speaking to what Ephraim started off in speaking about, uh, we have to acknowledge that the some of these instances that have created hurt and distrust among our specific community, we have to acknowledge where we can identify that we weren't at our best. And we have to acknowledge things that we can do to be better. We have to acknowledge, communicate, and ask you to hold us accountable for striving for excellence and trying to be better every day that we go about this work. And so uh, those are some of the first steps. But again, to it's a long-winded way of me saying that conversation about divesting and, and related to funds 
is a critical piece that we need to have a, a shared understanding of what that means as a launching point for that discussion. Yeah, and, and the only thing that I would add to that is that I would say that we in particular are in a fairly unique opportunity, the situation here, because this is a complete rebuild. It is a restructure already, you know, aside from what may be occurring nationally, just simply for the circumstances that the U was already in. The, the focal point was we were viewing this as a new beginning. It was a new beginning that would be created by those who are directly impacted and have an interest in how public safety services are presented here at the U. So we are completely open to the discussions and thoughts in regards to how resources are applied. It's not all to police, and I, I do support that. I think, well, not that I think, I know public safety is more than policing. There are other services that have to be provided as well. There are engagement components, there's um, community outreach. It includes the police, but it's not all about the police with it. We welcome those opportunities and um, look forward to those various discussions. All right. Any other specific questions that you have? All right. You're good. I, I do have one. I'm, I would, this is something that, again, not wanting to make an assumption about, but a couple of ideas that, that I have would be to establish a public safety advisory committee that would have representation of faculty, staff, and students from across the institution that would meet twice a month, that would, uh, the various initiatives and decisions that need to be made regarding public safety to include police, security, uh, security systems, community services, would be generated from this particular group with that. And the primary composition would be from standing organizations like ASUU would have a couple positions, academic senate, staff council, and then representations, cultural centers from across the institution, things like that. That's one piece that provides a voice and also direct input with it. Another would be an independent review committee that would be in place to review complaints after an investigation is completed, complaints against public safety staff where there are violations of civil rights, uh, abusive language, language, unprofessional conduct, things like that. And that committee would have a similar composition, probably smaller because it's just based on the role of what it would do, but they would then have an opportunity to provide comment, feedback regarding policies and procedures and things of that nature. Those are things that I hear are being asked for nationally as well, things that we're more than willing to implement here. But I would like to know specifically or, or ideas that you may have for other opportunities to hear the student voices and how we are able to uh, receive more frequent communication from you. I think that that advisory, uh, that advisory group is, is definitely a great place to start. And I think my, my answer to including more student voices is something that could even be considered like at, at a university level. I think that really what I would, what I would see as being productive is taking a look at every single entity that makes decisions that have a profound effect on students and then asking, is there a student present at the present at this table or a part of this group? And then if that student, if there's not a student present, then asking why not? And then also like even in cases where there might be a student present asking 
why isn't there a, another one? I think historically, students students don't even make up close to the proportion, um, despite the decisions being made having a disproportionate effect on them. And so I think those are those are a couple of, of things to to consider. Because if there's no like legal or or any any type of barriers in that regard, I see I see no reason why we can't have more students in in just about in every entity that makes decisions on their behalf and decisions that affect them. Yeah. I know one thing that's tricky is just uh, with matriculation and making your way through the college cycle, making sure that those positions are consistently filled can be um, a difficult task. But also too, like, it almost feels like that's a tool sometimes used against students to make sure that, not and make sure, but just to kind of weed their way out of conversation sometimes. And even if it's a it's an unconscious um, decision or issue uh, that leads to a lack of student voice, a lack of consistency, understanding. Um, one thing I appreciate about ASUU is that opportunities to incorporate students for a long period of time and continuing on knowledge and initiatives. But the difficult thing even within that is that there's a high turnover rate within ASU. And I understand that's part of the college experience, but it, it does get difficult at times when we're all transitioning into becoming adult adults, I call them that. Um, but it's it's just tough because it doesn't feel like we're seeing like that, but then there's so much asked of us at the same time or so much affecting us. Um, and that's just kind of a communal thing that I think all college students go through and feel. Yeah, I, I understand that having in college at one point and being a student leader and, and dealing with the, the work-life school balance and, and all of that, I definitely feel, the, feel your pain with that. And actually, it actually has given me a, a ton of respect for those that actually do that and, and sacrifice that because it is definitely a sacrifice for that. And we have to be more conscious of that. And I'm also a fan of those informal conversations and those opportunities to where it's not necessarily structured around a meeting time or a committee and that means being available and I do plan to be available and make myself available for those types of opportunities so that that's actually one of the best ways to learn in my opinion is not necessarily in the structured environment but when you catch people when they are actually very comfortable and being themselves and feel that there's that one-on-one -on -one opportunity to have that. And I agree with that, Marlon, as well. Uh, I'm going to make myself available, too, and I, I wholeheartedly agree in some of those uh, sidebar conversations, but that is really what fuels my approach to policing in terms of engagement, is that it's the intentional conversations that lead to rapport building and trust building, so that when those intentional meetings aren't taking place, there's a level of comfort and reaching out to uh, one of us or, or all of the officers, because this is not going to be a Marlon Lynch, Rodney Chapman police department or Department of Public Safety. We need to have every member of our department in, in tune with the needs of every student on our campus. And, and, and that's the direction that we need to go. And as it relates to what Ayana was speaking on, I, I would say just take a time out right here and just say uh, um, my profound pride in the work that you guys do and what you represent for your campuses because this is a, you know, this is your time. Uh, this is uh, a very unique time in the history of this, this country, a unique time for the history 
of uh, relationships between campus policing and students. And um, we have to roll up our sleeves and, and do the work that rolling up that sleeves is going to be tough conversations. Uh, Marlon and I have pledged ourselves to be open and, and receptive to those conversations, difficult conversations. And I'm going to say, too, um, one of the things that makes me very proud of looking at the two of you is the work that we're doing is about legacy building and, and leaving a legacy. And we've acknowledged that there are some hurts and mistrust between the, the community and the police. And uh, if we do the work and we are authentic in all that we're pledging in this meeting and others that we've had and will have, you know, there will be a day where you come back as alum of the university feeling connected and feeling that um, the way things are when you come back, that you had a, a significant role in changing this culture. And so it's an opportunity for you guys to leave a legacy. We are very supportive of that and we'll help you in any way that we can. Well, th thank you, Chief. I think that's a, a really positive note to conclude on for the moment. So this isn't it. <laughs> this conversation continues with this group specifically, but just in general. Um, I definitely want to thank uh, Ayana and Ephraim for taking some time to participate in uh, President Watkins' podcast with this. And I um, want to thank Pre President Watkins again for allowing us to utilize uh, this particular platform to have this, I'll say, initial conversation and, and many more to follow. So stay safe and take care. You will. Thank you. Thank you, guys.